Today we're beginning a brand new message series, and I can't even begin to describe to you how fired up I am about this series because I know where we're going together in the next few weeks, and I'm so glad that you're with us. Maybe you take a moment right now and get in contact with a family member or friend, ask them to join us, and they can join us at church's website. A lot of you know that by now, YouTube. Um, Facebook, and so just encourage them. Reach out to them. Share this with them. You could go ahead and share it right now. Today, we're going to start talking about experiencing the goodness of God, how you and I can experience the goodness of God. Now, you were, when you were young, you probably had somebody teach you not everybody, but a lot of you heard some, had somebody teach you this little mealtime prayer, and it goes a little bit like this. God is great, and you can say it with me if you want. God is great. God is, is that? Yeah, he's good. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. God is great. God is good. And somebody may have taught that to you when you were very young, that God is great, that God is good. Now, let me, by contrast, say I'm a lot more comfortable with that prayer than the classic bedtime children's prayer. You remember that one? I don't even understand why we pray this one. Now, I, just think about the words. Do you remember the words? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Now, this is what we prayed with kids, all right? The next part, have you ever thought about this? If I should die before I wake, we're praying this with kids. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Good night, honey. Everything's fine. Just, I mean, can you imagine? And we did that. Well, I don't understand, but I'm a lot more comfortable with God is great, God is good. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. For the next few weeks, we're going to dive into what is the most famous chapter in all of the Bible, and I'll come to that in just a few moments. But as we kick off today, part one of this theme concerning the goodness of God, you may be thinking, uh, is God really good? Jeff, is God really good all the time? I, I know that God is good. Maybe that's what you're thinking, but, but is He good all the time? What about, what about those times when I feel stressed or when I'm depressed? Is God good then? What about those times when I have pain or problems in my life? Is God good then? What about when I'm sick or have a disease or I have a diagnosis? What about those times when I'm under attack? Is God good then? What about when I've lost my job? Is God good when I've lost my job? What about if I've lost my spouse? What if I've lost a child? What if I've lost a parent or parents? Is God still a good God in those times? Now, I never want to underestimate those times in our life, times of challenge and times of pain and doubts, maybe times of confusion. But throughout this series, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, and I'm asking myself to do, is just allow God to speak to that to us from His own Word. And, you know, is God good all of the time? Is God, even in the tough times, is God good? And what we're going to do in this series, and this is what I'm excited about, we're going to allow God, which he most capably can do, is we're going to allow God to speak for himself concerning this. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you ahead of time so that you're prepared for this, because you may feel like you're watching a tennis match as I move here to the screen, here to the screen, and I've got a lot of scripture I'm going to give you today, so I'm telling you that ahead of time. 
time because I want you to get these verses down so that you can go back later, sort of review, get it into your heart, get it into your mind, get it into your spirit. But there's two verses I want to begin this series with today, and I want you to look at them with me. Psalm 119 and verse 68, the A part of that verse, and sort of uh, the theme of where we're going with this whole series, and it's a good way to launch today. Look at this verse. You are good and you do only good. Obviously, this is talking about God, and I want you to read it with me this time, all right? Would you join me? Let's read it together. You are good and do only good. God, you are good, and you do only good. Look at this next one right up here. Very similar. The Lord is what? You sit here. The Lord is good. His love and His faithfulness will last forever. Now, I am going to go ahead and mention ahead of time, I'm going to give you the spoiler alert early in this series. According to the Bible, According to the Bible, now you would have to believe the Bible is fundamentally true and can guide and direct our life, but according to the Bible, God is a really good God. He is a really, really good God, and He is good all of the time, all right? So I'm going to give that to you ahead of time. Uh, God is a really good God. This is the teaching, the totality of the teaching of the Bible, that God is a good God. And we're talking about that in this series, starting today, experiencing the goodness of God, that God is a really good God and that He is good all of the time. But I know that you may be just sort of hitting pause in your own heart right now and say, Jeff, I'm hearing you and I want to believe everything that you're saying is true, but what about this time in my life? What about when this happened? What about when out of the blue? What about when unexpectedly? What about when I walked through this? Was God good then? And that's what we're going to be talking. So I'm glad you're with us, and I want you to be with us. I don't want you to miss a single week of the next five weeks. Today is the kickoff. Today is the intro. Today is the starting line for where we're going in this series. But I want you to be with me for the next five weeks as we dig deeper into this most famous chapter in all of the Bible. And I'll go ahead and give you the chapter. And as soon as I mention it, some of you are going to say, yep, I thought so. Or some of you could be, yep, that made sense. And it's Psalm 23. And we're going to dig into that uh, more, in more detail starting next week. And I can hardly wait for you and I to discover and experience this together. So what are we going to do today? As I mentioned, today is the intro. It's the kickoff. It's the starting line. So what we're going to do today, next week, we're going to start digging into Psalm 23 more. But here's what we're going to do right now. I am going, in the next few moments, to give you three things that happen when we sometimes forget the goodness of God. If you forget the goodness of God or I forget the goodness of God, then generally speaking, these three things, uh, one or maybe all, are going to occur in your life or in my life. So I want you to get your pen ready. I want you to get your notepad ready. I want you to get your your iPad uh, ready, your phone, whatever you're going to take some notes on. And again, I'm going to give you a lot of verses here. But today, I want to take the next few moments and give you three things that generally happen when you and I forget how good that God is. Number one, I want you to be sure you get it. Number one, and I mentioned it a couple of times, we no longer ask God for help. If you or I forget the goodness of God, that this is what we start doing. Uh, or, or really, in this case, we stop doing. We stop asking God for help. And that creates a massive problem. 
instead of asking God for help, or instead of taking what is so troubling or disturbing to us and handing it over to God, that challenge over to Him, you know what we start to do when we forget the goodness of God? We start to depend upon ourselves, and that's a huge mistake. It's a big problem. We start thinking, well, I've got to do something. I've got to work this out. I've got to make it happen, because in our mind, if we are forgetting how good that God is and that God is good all of the time, then what we feel that we've got to do, we've got to step in, and we've got to make up the slack. We've got to do something to, to work ourselves out of the challenge, to work ourselves out of the frustration, to work ourselves out of the complexity of whatever it is that we're going through. So if you and I uh, start forgetting, we're just like, you know, we're not thinking about the goodness of God. Generally, what will happen, we're no longer asking God for help. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about something. In the New Testament alone, and maybe you've never heard this before, but in the New Testament alone, we're told to ask God for help over 20 different times. Over 20 different times. In just the New Testament, ask God for help. Ask at least 20 times. Now, if I were to say something to you 20 times in a row, if I just said it and then I said it a second time and I just keep going, and to give you an idea, generally what we did with our kids, you know, when they're small and growing up, we say the same thing again and again. You know, if I kept saying to you the same thing one time, two times, 10 times, 15, 20 times, after a while, you'd get the point. You would say, hey, he is serious about this. Or you may say, hey, I'm so tired of listening to this, I'm going to duck out of here. But in the New Testament alone, over 20 times, we're told to ask God for help. And here's a classic verse concerning this, and I want you to see it right here on the screen. This is Matthew chapter 7, and these are the words of Jesus, and this is what Jesus says, and you're going to see three key words here. You see them on the screen highlighted. Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. I'll just tell you something uh, that I, because sometimes when I was reading my Bible, I'd sort of forget the order, the ask, the not, the seek, the seek, the not, the ask. And then I just started remembering, ask, you know, ask, A-S-K, seek, and knock. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. God wants us to ask. A good God wants us to ask Him for what we need. And here's some great news. Here's some really, really good news, and that is whatever your need is, whatever your need is right now, I, I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're faced with. Uh, maybe in your home, maybe at your job, maybe it's your, in your health, in your finances. Whatever area of life it is that you need help right now, I've got some really great news for you. It is not too big for God because God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. Uh, furthermore, I have some more good news for you. I, I don't want you to feel whatever your need is, and you think, well, can I really ask God about that because it seems too small on the grand scheme of things. I, I want to tell you, it it's not only not too big for God, it's not too small for God, and the reasons why it's not too small for God is because God cares about the little details of your life because He loves you. He loves you. I mean, think of the way, if you're a parent, the way that you love your kids. And you just take God's love for you and you magnify that like a gazillion times. And, you know, I think about that in the context of my relationship with my own kids, with Brent and Drew and Audrey. And, and you know, if they had a need, if they had a need and they're just like, 
going to everybody else but to their dad, to their father, if they have a legitimate need, big or small, and they're going around and they're asking everybody but their dad for help with their need, how's that going to make me feel? That's, that's going to make me feel, you know, upset. I'm going to be upset about that. I'm, I'm going to be really hurt by that. I, I would be sad about that because I'd be like, why wouldn't you come to your dad? Why wouldn't you come to your father? Because I care about what's going on in your life. I, can't, I love you. I care about what's going on in your life. And, and I would want them to understand. It's just like, hey, don't you realize you're my kids and I'm your dad. And every need that you have matters to me. And everything that I have is yours except for my annual tickets to the Georgia-Florida football game and keep your little nasty hands off of that. But everything else, everything else that I have is yours, and I care about you. And you know, the Bible talks about, you know, if we, the Scripture uses this language, is we who are, you know, evil parents. In other words, we're parents, we don't always get it all right, and we do a lot good, and we probably do a lot wrong. But if we feel this way toward our kids, and we want them to ask us when they have a need, then the idea here is that there is a loving, perfect, heavenly Father that knows you and He knows about your need and He cares about you and He wants you to ask. In fact, He wants you to ask confidently. He wants you to ask boldly. He wants you to ask with great faith. Now, how do we know that? I want you to look at this next verse up on the screen. This is Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. This is what it says. Remember, we're asking God, so let us come how? Boldly. We come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. He's a really good God. So we don't come reluctantly. We come boldly. We come with faith to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. What a promise from God. And God is saying, you know what? I'm a good God. I'm a good God. I want you to ask me, and God wants you to do that. Maybe even right now, you would just say, God, I've got this going on in my life, and I'm asking you. And God wants you to ask, knowing that He loves you, and that He cares for you. And you can ask uh, with confidence, and you can ask boldly, because there is a good God in heaven who wants you to ask, a good God in heaven that, that loves you. And, and you know, how He responds to us is out of the basis of His love. You think about it in your own life. The people that you love the most. Now, the Scripture says we ought to love everybody, including our enemies, but the people that you love the most are the people that you want to respond to what they have need of. And you do it out of love. And that is the motivation. When we ask, remember, ask and seek and knock. And God wants us to ask. God wants to respond to our needs. And the motivation for God doing that is the motivation of his love. Look at this next verse. This is out of the Psalms. Psalm 69, 16. Answer me, God. I'm asking. I'm asking. And as I ask, I want you to answer me, O Lord. Answer me out of the goodness of your love. God, respond to me. You want me to ask? I can ask boldly. Answer me, O Lord, out of the goodness of your love and your great mercy, turn to me. So we pray confidently. We ask, and can I just add something to this before we move on to our second idea? We ask and then we wait. See, God is a really good God, and some of you need to hear this today. God is a really good God. He is a loving Father, but God is not a vending machine. He's a good God. 
He's a loving father, but he's not a, a vending machine. We put in our request, we pull the handle, and immediately, uh, and can I just say it, and I'm not going to take a lot of time here, but I want you to just understand it this way, and think about it from this perspective. God's delays are not denials. God's delays are not necessarily denials. One more time. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Now, when do I want God? If I think of God as Santa Claus, if I think of God as a vending machine, here's what I want to do. I want to immediately ask, and I want an immediate response. Like, God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. God, I've been waiting 10 minutes now. When are you going to respond to my need? See, God doesn't operate. God's calendar, and I know it drives us crazy, but God's calendar doesn't work the same way that our calendar works. God wants us to ask, and when you and I, when we reach a point, and I hope that we won't, or if you're there now, I hope you'll move beyond it, but when we somehow forget the goodness of God, we no longer ask God for His help. We try to work it out in our own way. Huge problem when we try to do that. Secondly, I want you to get this. If we forget the goodness of God, we stop trusting God when life becomes tough. I want to say that again. We will, if we forget how good that God is, that God is good and that God is good all the time, if we forget that, we will stop trusting God when life gets tough. Uh, you don't need me to tell you this, but I'll mention it nevertheless. Not everything in your life is good. Not everything in your life is good. Life is not going to be perfect. We know this. It's hard to emotionally process at times. But life is not going to be perfect, and it's not going to be without problems until you and I get to heaven. Life at times is tough. Not everything in our life is good. And the reason why is we live in this broken, messed up world. That's the world that we live in. And this is not uh, the way that God, a good God, designed for this world to happen. But, uh, and I'm not going to take you all the way back to where it got started, but God designed the world to be completely different than how it is. But sin and rebellion came in early in the game, all the way back in Genesis. And sin and rebellion, it, it, it began to mar and diminish every good thing that God wanted this earth to be like. And you say, well, how, how could that be? Well, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, God, out of his sovereignty, God giving us a free will allows us to make our own choices and decisions. And so God's not going to say to you, hey, I want you to love me. I'm forcing you to love me. But God's not going to put himself in that position. Nor is God going to say, I'm forcing you to never sin. And by the way, and again, we're not going to chase it down in this talk, but you and I are born with a sinful nature. And so this world is not the way that God intended it to be. Sin and rebellion has has caused there to become a marred image of life as it could have been. So as a result of that, life at times in this world, again, this is not heaven, this is earth. In heaven, everything will be perfect. In heaven, everything will be without problems, but we're not in heaven. And life on earth at times becomes very tough. And again, you don't need me to tell you that, you know that. It's tough because sometimes there's disease and sometimes there's depression. Sometimes there's divorce. Sometimes there's pain and there's heartaches, there's hurts and there's habits, there's hang-ups, there's loss and failure and disappointment. And that is why a really, really good God, a God that is good all the time, wants you and I to come to Him and to just trust Him to be our refuge. Look, we're going back to the psalm, and I want you to see two verses right here. Keep me safe, the psalmist said. Keep me safe, O God. 
For I've come to you for refuge. I need your help. I want to trust in you. I've got problems. I'm I'm faced with a challenge. I want to come to you. You're my refuge. I said to the Lord, the psalmist said, you are my master. And then look at this phrase, every good thing I have comes from you. Every good thing I have, it comes from you. I, I want you to pause and really think about this for just a moment. Even in the bad times, And there can be many. Even in the tough times, and there can be many, God is good. Circumstances do not dictate God's character. I want to say this again. It may be one of the most important things that I say in this talk. Circumstances in this world do not dictate the character of God. God's character is steadfast. He's a good God. He remains a good God. Everything He does is good. But, you know, this has probably happened to you. Uh, before it's happened to me, sometimes when tough, tough things occur in our life, sometimes we walk through a problem or a challenge. Has this ever happened to you where, you know, it was so bad, it was so tough, that it's like you didn't know who to blame, and it just seemed that it was just easiest maybe to blame God? Um, you know, I don't know. You know, something went wrong. There was a problem. I don't know who to blame. I guess I'll just blame God. You know, when we do that, we're forgetting how good that God is. We forget that God is good all of the time. In fact, this, this is a verse that we've looked at before, but uh, it's, it's such an amazing verse. I want to go back to it again. Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for the good. It doesn't say all things are good, but we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those whom He has called according to His plan. So if you and I would fully trust God, then we would realize that God is able, listen to this now, please, that God is able. If we trust that He's a good God, we haven't forgotten how good He is and that everything that He does is good. If we will fully trust this good God, then we would realize that God is able to bring something good even out of what is bad. He's able to bring beauty even out of the ashes of our life. Scriptures talk about You know, how that joy, you know, weeping may last for the night. And maybe you've been weeping at night lately. Weeping may last for the night. But the scripture says joy comes in the morning because a really good God is able to bring to pass something really good out of even the bad and the negative and the tough challenges of our life. Let me give you one more before we're done. If you and I forget the goodness of God, we will become, thirdly and finally, we will become pessimistic about the future we will become pessimistic about the future. In essence, if God is not good, if that's our thinking, if God is not good and we're thinking that way, then we will begin to lose hope. And God doesn't want us to lose hope. He wants us to be hopeful. You see, if you and I are thinking God is not good or or we just fall into this, you know, emotional state that God doesn't care about what's going on in my life or God doesn't love me because of who I am or what I've done or what's happened to me. Uh, God's not really concerned about guiding me or helping me or protecting me. Anytime that begins to entrench itself in our thinking, then you can just kiss hope goodbye. Because if we forget that God is a really good God, we will begin to lose a grip on hope. Now, I want to show you a couple of verses here. King David clarifies for us the indestructible connection that exists between hope and the goodness of God. Let me say that again, and you're about to see it on the screen, that David is clarifying for us the indestructible connection that exists between 
hope in the goodness of God. Look at these two verses with me. Psalm 27, 13 and 14 says this. This is David. I am still confident of this. What's he confident of? That I will see the goodness of the Lord. I have hope. I'm walking through a challenge. But in the midst of my challenge, I'm still confident. Maybe you'd say that right now where you're at. I'm walking through a challenge, but I'm still confident. I have hope because I know that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. There is this huge connection between hope and the goodness of God. Please listen closely because I do not want you to miss this. I do not want you to miss this. God has a good plan for your life. God has a really good plan for your life. Now, I have to say on the flip side of that, the evil one, Satan, the devil, has a horrible plan for your life. He has a destructive plan for your life. He has a ruinous plan for your life. In fact, Jesus, in speaking about the devil, said that he comes. He doesn't have a good plan. The evil one doesn't. Uh, Jesus said his plan for you and for me is to steal and to kill and to destroy. See, God has a good plan for our life, but the evil one has a bad plan, a negative plan for our life. God's plans for us are always good plans. God, who is good and does good, has a plan and a purpose. And this has really got to settle into your heart, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life that is undeniably good. Consider this. Consider this. What kind of dad would I be if I had terrible plans for my kids? What kind of dad would I be? I'd be a horrible dad. Wouldn't I? If I just said, you know, I mentioned their names earlier, Brent, Drew, and, and grandkids, Kenley, Landry, Brody. What if I were the kind of dad or papa that just said, I've got terrible plans for you? Well, that'd be, that'd be unthinkable, wouldn't it? Now, again, going back to something that I mentioned earlier. If we who are parents, we don't get it right all the time, and grandparents, we don't get it right all the time, and our kids are younger, our kids are older, and if we don't get it right all of the time, but if we want to see our kids have good plans, the destiny of their life be good, how much more does God want that to be true of us? I want you to look, and this is a verse 2 that many of you are familiar with, but I want to go back to it. Uh, before we start wrapping up, Jeremiah 29, 11 substantiates what we were just talking about, that God's plan for us is a good plan. This is what it says. The prophet says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. God is speaking to you, to me. They are plans. My plans for you, God is saying. My plans for you are good and, and they're not for disaster because here's what I want to do. I want to give you a future and a hope. If we believe that God is good. Remember what David said? He believed that there was this huge connection between the goodness of God and you and I having hope. Look at it one more time. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Starting next week, we're going to have a deeper dive into this most famous chapter in all of the Bible. Psalm 23. Next uh, five weeks. 
and I don't want you to miss a single week. And I'm just going to give you, and it will only take me a moment, and I'll give you a quick uh, Bible reference for each of these because it's where we're going. And I want you, I want you to be back with me next week because we're going to go deeper into Psalm 23. And in the next five weeks, we're going to see this because, and I'm going to mention five statements, and it will only take me a moment to do it. Five statements, a verse that goes with it out of Psalm 23. Because God is a good God. Number one, this is where we're going. Next week, we'll talk about this. Because God is a good God, He will meet my needs. Psalm 23, look at it right here. He will meet my needs. This is what the writer says. The Lord is my shepherd. Read this part with me. Read it with me, will you? I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. Read this again. I have everything I need. Because God is a good God. Because he's our shepherd, he will meet our needs. Secondly, this is where we're going in the future. I want you to be back. Some of you, this is going to be the message that you're going to most need to hear. Because he's a good God, he will turn my stress into peace. And some of you are like, I need that today. I don't know that I can wait till then. I need God to bring me peace because my life is so riddled by stress. Look at the verse connected to this. He mates me, right out of this most famous chapter, he mates me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful waters. He takes my stress and he turns it into peace. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. That's what a good God does. He turns my stress into peace. Thirdly, he will renew and replenish my strength. And some of you are like, man, do I need that? I just feel wrung out. I feel so weak. There's so much going on. I just need God to replenish my strength. I need God to renew my strength. Look at the verse for this one. This is why, and we'll look at this in detail. He renews my soul. He gives me strength. He replenishes. He renews my strength. Number four, he will give me. This is so important. So important. I hope you'll be back for this week too. He will give me guidance when I'm confused. And some of you right now, you need guidance in your life. You need some direction in your life. And we're going to talk about that. Psalm 23, 3. Now, the be part of that verse says, He will lead me. He's a good shepherd. He cares about me. He's a good God. And what will he do? He will lead me on paths that are right for the good of his name. He's going to give me direction. He's going to show me what to do when my life is riddled with confusion. And then lastly, this is where we're going. And this is going to be an exciting week to know that in the toughest times of our life, God is right there with us. Number five, he will walk with me in my darkest valleys. He will walk. All this is in Psalm 23. He will walk with me in my darkest valleys. Last verse. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Psalm 23 and verse 4. And we're about to take a deep dive into that beginning next week. And I don't want you to miss a single week. Because God has a promise for you, a promise that because he's a good God, he'll meet your needs. He'll take your stress and he'll turn it into peace. He will renew and replenish your strength. He will give you guidance when you feel like, I don't know what to do and I'm so confused. And he will walk with you in your deepest, darkest valleys. And that's God's promise. And you know why God will do that? Because he's a good God. And he's good all the time. And I want you to experience the goodness of God. This verse is not on the screen, but it's going to be the verse that will take us into our wrap-up prayer. Here's a verse right out of the Psalms. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
And that's what I want you to do in these next few weeks that we're together. I want you to just taste and see. I want you to discover for yourself. I want you to experience, not through some other person, not through a third party, but I want you to experience for yourself that God is a good God and he's good all the time. And be back with us next week. You won't want to miss it, I promise. Let me pray for you. God, we want to taste, we want to experience for ourselves that you're a good God. We know that life is not always good. We know that while we're in this world, we're going to face challenges, but we know that you're with us and we know that you will help us. And God, I just pray for people right now. I I pray for people right now that are walking through a tough time. People right now that they need peace. People right now that they need guidance. People right now that need to be reminded that even in their deepest, darkest valley that you are right there with them. God, show us that. Let us taste and see. Let us experience for ourselves that you're a really good God. And if there be people that are watching right now, any person, maybe it's somebody that grew up in church and just drifted. Maybe it's somebody that's never given you space in their life that they would say today, I want to give you a a try. I want to give you a shot, God. I want to taste and see, are you really that good? I need something good in my life. God, I want to find out. And I pray that they will experience that. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. I hope you have a great week. Whatever you do, don't miss next week. I love you. See you next week.